0: Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Jay from Voice Plug. Jay, it's really nice to have you in.
1: Yeah, glad to connect, Brad. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Absolutely. I'm excited for today's discussion. So, Jay, uh, to kick us off, can you tell me a bit about who you are as well as your company and what you guys do?
1: Sure yeah so my personal background has been in the tech product space i've been a serial entrepreneur uh, this is uh, voiceplug is our third tech venture and it's it's probably the most exciting one based on what's happening in the ai space as you can imagine our journey with voiceplug really started with what i saw as the emergence of voice as the new uh, user interface frontier between for human computer interactions so as we evolve from the web world to mobile phones we see that voice is coming up as this new frontier for human computer interactions and specifically with the evolution of ai uh, i feel that voice conversations natural voice conversations have become such an important means of conversational input transactional input between customers and, and businesses. So really what we do is we are right now focused on the hospitality industry and we help businesses voice enable their apps and systems. So to give you an example, uh, we work with uh, several restaurant chains and we, we interface with different, we voice enable different interfaces that customers interact with like the drive-through or the phone systems and we basically enable them with AI so that customers can then interact with the AI using natural language conversations and place orders.
0: That's really cool. So uh, what's your story? How did you get into building a company to solve this particular
1: challenge in this space? Yeah, so I've been uh, involved in the data science and AI space uh, for a little more than a decade. And, um, my previous, uh, company, um, we did AI in retail. We use a lot of data analytics, data science for retailers to make the right decisions in terms of where should they staff, where should they place their products, how to measure consumer behavior within the store and so on. And so I was, I, I've been closely monitoring this space in terms of opportunities that could be highly scalable and and specifically with the hospitality industry one of the biggest issues that the industry has faced and even more so now after the pandemic has been the labor issue Um, labor is just not available to the quantity uh, to the numbers required in the hospitality space and we thought that this would be a great opportunity for ai to really come in as as a help as as a tool for the existing staff to make their life easier Um, because the attrition is very high. People are multitasking. They have guests that are walking in the restaurants and they are also having to answer phones, also take drive-through orders. So it's it's a very difficult situation for the staff within a restaurant. And uh, we thought that AI could come in not only to help with the labor situation, but also improve the customer experience. Because one of the things that we were most fascinated with is that how AI could influence the extent to which you can personalize the interaction. So if so Brad, if if you have been to any of the drive throughs recently, you would see that rarely, even if you go to the same drive-thru multiple times, rarely are you greeted with your name. Uh, you, you, your orders uh, are not remembered, right? They don't know who you are, what kind of preferences you have. Whereas with the AI, it's so easy to do that. We can say, welcome, Brad, would you like to repeat your favorite order? Or since you ordered this burger, would you like to add your regular fries with it? Things like that, which is not possible with just humans handling it. So We we felt that this was a very scalable business and this was a pain that every company in the hospitality industry was facing. Uh, That's so, pretty amazing.
0: It, how does that work? Do they recognize your voice and then they
1: know who you are? Or? Yeah, exactly. So, what happens is essentially that we have some pattern. We have patterns on some algorithms that we use. One of them is around voice biometrics, and so essentially, just like every everyone has a unique uh, thumbprint or, or, or a face print, you everyone has a unique voice print that is generated from from conversations that you do. And what we do is we map the customer uniquely to their voice print using the voice biometrics algorithm that we have. And that helps to then personalize the conversation. So it it happens at times that uh, even if you, let's say you're ordering a pizza and the pizza place can identify your phone number, but it could be someone else using the same number. Maybe your spouse is calling the other day. And because of the voice biometrics, it is able to uniquely have a profile for not based on just the phone number, but also based on the voice print of the customer.
0: That's like really cool. I can't yeah. imagine the amount of opportunities to, you know, not only you could use that personalization, but use
1: it for like upsales and and all that stuff. Absolutely, and and we do that. I think one of the one of the things we have seen. Restaurants really benefit from in terms of using our solution has been the extent to which they can increase the average check size based on upselling. Because even when the staff is trained to upsell and is told to upsell, just the 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 stress that they are under in and the amount of the, the you know uh, what because of the high attrition, you 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 don't get enough opportunities to train them and have them be ready. Whereas the AI once the AI is told to upsell something, the AI will do that consistently without fail, every single customer. And then you can also personalize the upsell uh, based on what is the customer's order history. We have something called item affinity scores. So uh, something goes, one item goes well with another item. So if you add a certain item in the basket, we know exactly what is the likelihood of you picking an item that has a high affinity with that item in the basket, right? So AI can make those uh, decisions on the fly and offer the upsell that the customer is most likely to accept.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, because I imagine you go to Amazon or whatever, they have all this down to science of seeing your products, but you go to the drive-through anonymously, and that's hard, but now it completely changes them.
1: Yeah, exactly. One of the, one of the, the first things we implemented at the drive-through was using computer vision based recognition of license plates, right? Where you can uniquely identify a car, but then that wasn't enough because again, there could be someone else driving your car right on a particular day. And so then it went to using wireless biometrics along with the license plate recognition to uniquely personalize the experience. And then also, I think one of the things that customers really like is the fact that they have a choice to not just queue up on the drive through because that, that queuing process is frustrating, right? You have to, you're hungry and you want to go to your favorite place, but then that there are like 15 cars ahead of you. What we are able to offer to the restaurants is that instead of the customers lining up, they can actually go to a parking spot and they, there is a QR code there. They can use the QR code and then use their mobile phone to actually place an interactive voice order. So they're able to see the menu on their screen and, and add items and they're able to see the card. So the customer has different options, like even in the, while they are in the queue, they can use a QR code that we put in the queuing lane to actually place an order. So this really makes it more efficient and, and a much better experience for the customer.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Awesome technology. So you're building this cool, innovative company, with this cool technology. How do you grow it? Like, do you just go to all these restaurants and franchises and say, Hey, we got this tech, we pilot it. What's the strategy there when it comes to rolling this out to all the restaurants out there?
1: Yeah. So there, there are kind of three parts to the strategy that the growth strategy we have had. One is spend a lot of time delighting existing customers then really spend time on acquiring new and that has really worked well for us more than 90 percent of our customer growth is coming because of referrals from existing customers and the thing is that the technology is so new and the restaurant community is so connected that they really appreciate that um, feedback that comes from someone else in in the industry rather than us doing the sales pitch they would rather believe someone uh, who, who says yeah I, you know i've used voice plug this is what uh, these are the benefits we have had so that uh, is one part of the growth strategy the other piece is to really grow through partnerships um there are a lot of restaurant tech companies out there that are doing other things they like for example the point of sale system which is almost considered the heart of the the restaurant which accumulates all the information, et cetera. We were one of the companies to very early on integrate with a lot of the leading restaurant POS companies. And that made it so much easier because when we go to a customer and we say, here is what we can do for you." and by the way, we are already integrated with your POS, right? So we can push the AI yeah, can push the order straight to the point of sale to the kitchen screen and makes it so much easier to implement. So that strategy, I think the partnership, not just with the POS companies, but with companies that do labor scheduling and staffing, companies that are into payment solutions, and even we have partnerships with some of the big tech, Amazon, Microsoft, NVIDIA, and so on, that has worked really well. And I would say the third part of the growth strategy is to really invest in people, And this is often considered like a cliche to say that everyone talks about people, but I have learned in my own entrepreneurial journey that you can make a good product and you can build a company around it. But if you really want to build something that will last, that will scale, grow, the only way to do it is by investing in the right people. And so we have been very cautious about the kind of people we are adding to the team. And how we can incrementally invest in their growth and learning. And I think we have a great culture. So I, I, I think for us, that's probably one of our biggest differentiators.
0: Absolutely. I love that. So, have there been any major lessons learned? Any things that say, hey, early on we found X, Y, and Z, or I'd advise other entrepreneurs out there to do
1: this or that? Yes, I would say that there have been a few key lessons. Certain things that we did right and certain things that we didn't do right and we realized it later on. So one is focus, focus, focus. So we, when we started Voice Plug, our vision, let's voice enable all businesses so that customers can interact with them using natural voice conversations. And soon we realized that this is such a huge space and the requirements of the healthcare industry versus the financial services industry versus hospitality are so varied that we we got to pick our battles as a startup you can't do it all and we earlier we started with both retail and hospitality we, we were too tempted to to at least have two but then when we actually went to the market we built the mvp talked to people they said we love the retail solution but oh my god what do you have with the restaurant voice AI is what we need now. So we said, let's go deep dive there. So I think focus is very important. That has really helped us. The other thing which we also realize is that the, how much of the tech stack should you control and how much you should integrate with. So there are solutions out there today that will tell you, Hey, you can build a plug and play solution, right? So people talk about chat GPT so much, right these days. In almost every conversation I have with a new restaurant chain, the CIO or CEO will say, oh, by the way, do you use ChatGPT? Can we do something with ChatGPT? And the for us, that decision has been an ongoing decision. Is to There are certain things in your solution that you really want to own and control where you want to have the IP because it's so core to your being. And then there are some that... You don't want to create everything because you also want speed to market. You also want to keep the costs under control. So I think we have struck a right balance. I think a really good balance between what are the areas we have invested in and what are the areas we have integrated with. And that is really helping us because we see some companies who are trying to go one way or the other and really struggling. So I think that I think is an important lesson. And then I would say the third key lesson learned is also in terms of really marketing and evangelizing the company and the solution. I think we were, we tried to operate in a stealth mode and a semi-stealth mode for, I think, longer than we should have. The company grew to be larger than the brand that we had built. We, had, we weren't really talking to people, but then we realized that oh we need to now have a, someone manage our linkedin page and someone really do seo and and stuff because there were companies that were much that, that that weren't as advanced as we were but we're doing a lot of noise and often if you don't have the right marketing people wonder is there something wrong right why aren't you talking about your successes why aren't you talking about if you have a great product why aren't you and there's so much noise in the market that if you don't If you don't have a strategy, marketing and branding, you'll get lost basically.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So important. What's one thing you wish you would have known when you first became a CEO that you know now?
1: Yeah. I would say the the attention that is required in terms of day-to-day engagement with customers and employees. I think the biggest need for a startup organization is the amount of time that you spend with your employees and customers. And often as CEO, I discounted that that to think that the team is fine on its own. The customers are being managed. But I think I realized that maybe 75, 80% of my time ought to be spent on one of these two important pillars.
0: Absolutely. I completely agree. I I find that myself too, I'm always talking to our customers, Talking to our team and prospective team members. and Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Can you provide some insight into an advice you give your younger self? So if you could go back in time and give some advice to your younger self, what would that be?
1: I would say focus on health. I think the vitality of the organization is also a lot dependent on the the vitality of the key people involved and i've i was a little late in trying in terms of really focusing on some important aspects of my health not that i i was fortunate not to really have any ailments as such but i think it's just so important for everyone in the organization and and for the ceo or the entrepreneur to really drive that that the most important you don't want people to burn out you don't want people to have bad relationships in their personal life because they were spending 15 hours in the organization that's just not healthy for the organization as well absolutely
0: i completely agree i think early days of even building this company i'd work 15 hours a day and then I'd eat dinner and then i'd go to sleep and now <laughs> i try to take some time to go out for a bike ride or something get some exercise and
1: it always seems to bring more benefit than the time spent so Yeah. And then I think the one important aspect, I I, I think more and more now with AI coming into picture is is the creativity involved. And while AI can do a lot of things that humans can do from an automation perspective, but it is the creativity part that I think because we can think what we are thinking, right? Humans have the capability to not just based on past data. AI always uses past data to predict the future. We don't need to use past data necessarily, right? We can actually envision the future. And I think that capability, if you really want to harness, it's so important that we are, we have the required energy, health, and that a fresh mind always at work to be able to do that. Absolutely, totally agree. So as
0: we wrap up here, any closing remarks, words of wisdom, advice you have for others out there listening today?
1: Yeah, I would say there is, I've been a lifelong learner and I feel that I'm, I've still a long journey to do, but I have been enriched a lot by listening to other people, by reading. I I tend to read a lot and also by just meeting other people, having conversations. And I feel entrepreneurs, professionals also need to do a lot of that. I think there's a Kind of the work from home and I think how generally our lifestyle has been. We are turning inward to just be with our computer rather than actually exploring avenues outside. And I think there's a lot to gain from that interpersonal connect that perhaps we are missing. So that's what I would say, uh, which I enjoy doing. And I would love for others to also benefit from that.
0: Absolutely. It's so important. Jay, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for sharing all your wisdom and insights today. Yeah, I enjoyed the conversation, Brad. Thanks thanks for having me. For sure.